You're listening to Level Up with host James Lee, a senior living and healthcare leadership podcast built for those who want to be great at doing good. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Level Up Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, James Lee. And today's episode is all about thought leadership and content strategy. So I had the pleasure of meeting Andy a little while ago, and I just couldn't wait for him to be on this show with me. So Andy Crestadina is the co-founder and chief marketing officer for Orbit Media Studios. I think I got all of that right. That's right. All right. Andy, thanks for being on with me today. Glad to be here, James. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I, I enjoyed our conversation uh, so much when we when we got to meet um, and at the end of it, I thought, man, I should have hit record before we started talking, <laughs> but I probably wouldn't make a lot of friends that way. So I appreciate you coming back uh, to have a second conversation with me. Oh, of course. Yeah. Glad to be here. Thanks. Th- this will be fun. I- I- that was a great conversation. And um, I've been looking forward to this. Yeah. Well, I, I have too. And uh, I'll try not to bombard you with too many questions. Um, but uh, just-, just for our listeners here, um, just to kind of queue up um, you know, what it is you do. So the, con- so the subject of this episode is thought leadership. It, um, it mirrors a blog post that I wrote, uh, not I wrote, I read, uh, you wrote it actually. Mm-hmm. And um, I enjoyed it quite thoroughly and it, and it helped me to think about it in a, in a new perspective. Um, but attached to that of thought leadership was also having a content strategy, and it never really occurred to me until I read your article and then subsequently spoke with you, Andy, that you actually should write down a content strategy. So um, this is some of what I'd love to talk to you about. Uh, but before I do, I'd love to just know, how'd you get into this world of marketing? Um, I noticed it, as I was looking at your LinkedIn background, I think you did undergraduate studies in uh, Asian language and right. literature. Yep. So. How did you get from there to being a co-founder and CMO of a successful media company? Well, so college, I fell in love with this thing, this language of Mandarin yeah, and just had great teachers and was super motivated and didn't have a better idea. So I did. So I changed my major to Mandarin. Didn't know what I'd be doing with it. So I also got a certificate to teach. Mm-hmm. So graduating college, it looked like I was going to become a secondary, like a, like a high school Chinese teacher. Mm-hmm. There were only two college, two high schools in Iowa where I could do that student teaching. So I finished my student teaching and then decided not to go right into teaching and instead moved into mom's basement. This is mm-hmm. like a classic story. <laughs> uh, got a job at a, at a Barnes and Noble and uh, started applying for other jobs where I could try to use Chinese. The uh, There was a position open, international recruiter, mm-hmm. applied, got the job thinking I'd be helping you know, people from the mainland come to the U.S. for software jobs didn't happen. They quickly switched that role. So I was not doing international recruiting at all. I was just doing regular IT recruiting. Yeah. So more or less just helping programmers find jobs. This was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like kind of in the era, like we're the end of my era as a recruiter is Y2K and the tech bubble was inflating and it was, yeah. didn't want to do that forever. Didn't get to make anything. Wanted to do something creative. So quit that job, started building websites with my friend from high school and roommate from college. He'd been building sites since the mid nineties, mm-hmm. launched the very first projects in the early two thousands, realized I had to better understand Google search, uh, well, actually search engines in general, Google mm-hmm. hadn't quite finished winning the battle to become yeah. the dominant search engine and, uh, had to understand analytics. This goes back to the era prior to Google analytics and so immediately became like kind of obsessed with digital marketing just to help our clients mm. get better results from the work we were doing. Fast forward 2007, I realized I've got no way to keep in touch with all these companies that I've met over the years and clients we've, we've helped. Yeah. I need an efficient way to keep in touch with lots of people. I'll make a, I'll start a blog and send my articles to the, to this 300 people on my, that I have email addresses for mm-hmm. as a newsletter that is mostly successful. Uh, it starts to evolve. I realized that a higher touch form format, like in person, would be a much better way to keep in touch with people, right? Web design right. is a lot about trust. So started teaching in live events, giving presentations, and then eventually speaking at conferences. So fast forward a bit, I'm basically a teacher, which was huh. what I was trained to be. Yeah, that's funny. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a content marketer, which is basically curriculum development. 
when content marketing is just helpful, useful stuff, it's like writing, yeah. like technical writing. It's like curriculum development. So full circle story, um, you know, some of the best marketers today are just great teachers. Uh, ironically, you know, I'm not using Mandarin at all, but th- I'm so there is a through line in this story. Yeah. And so today I'm, I'm a, a speaker and writer and teacher and um, one of those people online who try to help anyone who's interested get better results. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and I can attest to that as somebody who, you know, just recently spoke to you. I, th- I think we were introduced by mutual contact, but still, you know, the 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 depth to which we were able to kind of take our first conversation, um, you know, just made me think, and this, this guy just really wants to help people. And, uh, and that was awesome. And so you ended up really still teaching you you ended up yeah. being what you wanted to be when you grew up it's it's a wonderful i mean i'm not sure if there's anything better yeah honestly like more fulfilling in life beyond mm-hmm. professional beyond you know anything learn something useful and then teach it mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that that's a fulfilling uh life that's yeah. good i mean that's as a you know parents do it uh, formal teachers do it, trainers do it, anyone anywhere has a chance to make a difference for someone else by teaching them something. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, and I and I think it ties so well to my my own philosophies about leadership is mm-hmm. that people put a lot of mysticism around it, but at the end of the day it's uh it's teaching, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you've embraced this clearly, James. You know very well uh the power of and the impact of of teaching and yeah. You know, being a good conduit for information and advice and insights and wisdom. That's what it's yeah. all about. Yeah. Well, let's see if we can deliver uh, some of that today. <laughs> no, no pressure. Andy. Yeah, we set some expectations yeah. right there. Okay. <laughs> um, well, so let's let's seg- let's segue from that into why somebody should should even care about um, if they have a poor digital strategy. Why should people be thinking about content? marketing. And, and I'm spe- specifically talking about leaders who are not in the specific discipline of sales or marketing or, or anything related to that function within an organization. Um, I, I'd venture to say that the majority of people listening to this podcast are somewhere between you know, uh, uh, front-level managers of senior living companies to mid-to-senior-level folks. Um, Probably the C-suite might be a little busy to listen to my uh, episodes at the moment, but uh, you know, for the folks listening, they're probably not all in marketing. So why should they care about this topic of content strategy? Well, if you look at your browsing history, and mm-hmm. I mean literally like the history of your own browser, like see where you've been lately on the internet, yeah, and just try to remember why you visited those websites, and then think more broadly why people go to websites, how decision-making works, how a high-stakes decision like senior living, Mm -hmm. you know, gets made. What, so the simple way to say it is, uh, there's two kinds of marketing, advertising and content marketing. Mm -hmm. Advertising is inherently disruptive. You're trying to interrupt that person while they're doing something else. Mm -hmm. That's what Mm -hmm. an ad is. Yeah. Every ad you've ever seen interrupted you. That's the point of advertising. Uh, and there are increasingly, you know, more and more ways to not look at ads, yeah. right? To block ads or unsubscribe or do not That's call right. lists and everything, right? Banner blockers. Content marketing is the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's not the hammer, it's the magnet. People search for stuff. They want information, mm-hmm. they want answers. People share stuff. People subscribe to get more stuff. People register to get stuff. So content marketing is... Uh, pulls the audience toward you. Yeah. Jay Bear put, says it nicely. Advertising is the hype. Content marketing is the help. Oh, wow. So no one in your pipeline will make a decision until they have sufficient information to get enough clarity and trust to get their objections addressed. Without content, how on earth do you hope to create demand? Wow. All of your visitors, all of your audience, every decision maker, every influencer, every... Every, you know, the adult children who are supporting these decisions, mm-hmm. they, if you don't answer their questions, they know that there are a gazillion other options. So your, your best hope now is to be transparent, is to not keep secrets, is to be inside out, is to share stories, 
to share insights, to share statistics yeah. and data and anything that helps that person get to that critical threshold of trust. Do they click to subscribe or click to register or click to schedule a tour? That's the goal. That's amazing. I I hadn't thought of it that that way um, before that advertisement is inherently um, disruptive, but you're right. I mean, pe- when you see an ad, you're, you're, you're pulled away from the thing that you're doing. So I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but I love how you said it. I, I think you said advertisement. Um, and this is from Jay bear, Jay bear, mm-hmm. the help versus the hype. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Help versus hype. That's a great way to, uh, think about this. So from, from a senior living perspective, um, or, or whatever mission driven industry or profession you might be in, um, if it's a service-oriented profession, meaning you're helping somebody at the other end of all of your work, um, a lot of people probably think about the advertisement. Like when, when they think of marketing, when most people think of marketing, they probably go to advertisement. Would that, mm-hmm. Is that fair? A lot of people have not yet fully grasped the distinction. So yeah. a lot of people, if they look at their marketing budget, they're basically considering their ad budget. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. And, and there's so much... There's a, 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 a much bigger landscape to this, obviously. Uh, I love this, this idea, this concept um, that, you know, content strategies where you're helping people. And mm-hmm. I think uh, f- as long as I've seen within um, on the operator side of the senior living industry, I look at the websites uh, that have represented the organizations I've worked with and thought, mm-hmm. man, you, you really don't learn much from going on to that website other than seniors live here. We have great food, great, great care, great activities. Uh, come tour. That's right. right. That's that's pretty much like, most of a, the websites. It's a shot of the exterior. Mm-hmm. It's four stock photos. It's some bland copy. Yeah, and a, and a, you know a, a call to action. That is insufficient mm-hmm. to create trust, demand to create. Uh, word of mouth marketing to to separate that brand in any way. So, yeah, if it, one one easy trick, one one litmus test, go look at your website and ask yourself: Is there anything here that only we can say, mm. or is every word on this page, is every picture on this page, something that a brand new startup from yesterday could could also claim? Yeah. So, it, a huge percentage of websites. Literally every bit of information on that site is something that anybody in the industry could say. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, a testimonial is unique to you. Statistics, years in business, number of happy residents is unique to you. Photography Mm -hmm. of your food is unique to you. Quotes from your team are unique to you. You know, things that, you know, any kind of accolade, anything that is specific enough to show how you are not just anybody else can be helpful. It may not be it may not be enough to do it. It may not be sufficient, but it's absolutely true. You make a great point. And anyone with a website can just literally scroll down on any page and just ask, is anything here specific or unique to us? Mm-hmm. Or is it just common to every website on the internet? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it probably speaks to the frustration seniors and their um, their loved ones probably experience in the customer journey that uh, like I everything seems geared towards, we'll tell you all of that. If you come for a tour, we'll tell you what it costs. We'll tell you what's different about us. Just, just come on in and we'll, we'll, we'll tell you what it's all about. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if you, you have a perspective on this. Why do you think that it, and maybe it's not exclusive to senior living, but I, but I know I've seen it. Why do we not just put our prices on online? Why do we not, uh, why do we not do content strategy in terms of helping people um, like dementia, just, just to take a very sure. specific example. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that it is something that is going to affect the vast majority of people who enter the senior living space. Mm-hmm. And so um, if we're talking about content um, that's helping people, I think what I'm hearing you saying, Andy, is that regardless of whether or not you choose to buy from us, here is a sleuth of re- uh, mm-hmm. just resources that are going to help you deal with dementia right now. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, you know, there, you can try to pitch, Mm -hmm. which obviously, you know, we all need sales, but the, the philosophy of the content marketer is to help the visitor make a good buying decision. Mm -hmm. And actually the best salespeople do this all the time. Right. And you've, you've been very close to that conversation and 
did yeah. you know sales trainings over and over. The people who are the best at sales are not hammering the audience. They're hammering their prospect with a message. They are educators. They're informing. They're guide. They're sherpas, right? They're guiding mm-hmm. this person mm-hmm. through a decision making process, and in a lot of cases, helping them exclude their brand from an option, right? You you mm-hmm. don't want qualified people in your pipeline, unqualified people. Unqualified prospects don't want to be in your pipeline and you don't want them in your pipeline. So if right. you are a good teacher and help them get out, you know, and make a better choice somewhere else, that that's a benefit to everybody. Totally. So yeah, it's, it's, um, we are long past the era of secrets. Uh, I, here's an example. We've done this for higher education and higher ed sites don't like to publish tuition. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk about it, mm-hmm. but just go search for the school in Google. You'll see the tuition on the side, right? <laughs> right. What are you trying to hide? Is the Google search results page for your brand more informative than your website? Mm. If so, you are losing, right? You are not winning that battle because your Google search results page doesn't have a call to action. That's not, you're not even going to get the visitor in the first place. That's right. Having said that price is special. And we have done this for higher ed before. And if you don't want to be transparent about cost, and that's not strange. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's maybe there's a good strategic reason. Um, you can still address it sometimes in a clever way. I've seen this done. It's um, for a university. We instead of publishing the tuition, which would have been misleading because most students get financial aid. It's a, we added a call to action that said, "Speak to a financial aid officer about help and questions related to tuition." Mm-hmm. So it's not you, you're not ignoring it. But you're you're saying that that information is easily accessible. It's just a click away. Start the conversation. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 honoring the fact that that's an important decision criteria for the visitor. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot there's a lot of work that um, you know we can certainly do on on our digital presence and um, you know maybe move away from the hype, get to the help. That's a that's a great nugget for me already. Um, I'd like to kind of make a make a sh- potentially a sharp turn in in conversation uh, because I could just pull this thread for thirty minutes. So, <laughs> uh, but I want to get to the topic of thought leadership. Um, it, it was something that specifically kind of um, appealed to me, partly because what I'm doing now as a departure from my you know corporate work and uh, community based work in senior living. So. You know, I've uh, I've started a consulting business this year, uh, 2021, and have and I'm doing this. The 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 guest for which you are a um, you know on the show, level up and 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 the article that I read that you wrote about thought leadership. There were there were several things about it that that kind of hit me. But the first one, if I'm being honest, was. Uh, do I want to self describe myself as a thought leader? It mm-hmm. feels very arrogant. It feels kind of icky. Um, and so I kind of shunned away from it from that perspective, but, um, you know, but be that as it may, um, why is thought leadership? And what is it? First of all, in your own words, what is it and why, why is it important to any industry? Well, content marketing is about helpful, useful information. You can be educational. Very many successful content programs are built on a how to, content. Mm-hmm. I believe that thought leadership is a subset of content marketing because it's not just how to, it adds a new criteria, which is literally leadership, taking a, uh, expressing your beliefs so that people know where you're going and may follow. It is about taking a stand. Mm. It's sometimes, it doesn't have to be controversial, but it is assertive and includes almost invariably some sort of op-ed content. Mm-hmm. You you are stating that uh, you have these beliefs and that you are standing behind them and that this is something that people can also jump on board with. That's the difference between leadership and management or just regular content marketing and thought leadership. So it's the it's the third ingredient. This was Aristotle's three modes of persuasion, uh, logos, pathos, ethos. Mm-hmm. Without the pathos, you're not really, I think that's, I think that's the difference. I don't consider myself to be at all a thought leader. I have a successful content program without doing that. But the people who are really good at this, they come out for and against something. They Mm -hmm. take a stand. I'll give you an example in the category of um, senior living. So we worked once with Juniper Communities. Mm -hmm. There, and maybe you know Juniper or Lynn. I do, yeah. Yeah. Lynn Katzman has some strong beliefs Mm -hmm. about what life can be in in your later years. 
And to exhibit this, uh, have you ever heard of the, the the desert art party Burning Man? Burning you know about Man. this? Yeah, this yeah. this is this is kind of an infamous story in in our circles. Um, but I I'd love to hear you you tell tell it. Well, I've never heard it told any. I've never had a conversation about it except with Lynn. So oh, I'm really? not sure. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the stories go in the community. Mm-hmm. But this is my view of how Lynn is doing in thought leadership. Mm-hmm. She was not looking for press. She was not looking for marketing outcomes. She was simply doing something that she believed and took a bunch of 70 and 80-year-olds to this party in the desert yeah. called Burning Man. And and people noticed. She got press. People stopped and looked at it. It created social buzz. It got all it nailed basically all the marketing outcome mm-hmm. criteria. But she wasn't directly seeking that. She was simply um, it's like that TED talk she did. Like she's just taking a stand on what she mm-hmm. believes. And as such, she became a very different brand. Her marketing, it sounds different, right? Yeah. It's that, yeah, it, you're, you're in your 70s, you're in your 80s, and you are growing as right. a person. Right. You're expanding your horizons. Who says that? I don't see that in, in, in senior living marketing. You're right. You know, the Pablo Casals quote, it's like, he's like 95. He's like this Portuguese cellist, mm-hmm. I think, Spanish, maybe Spanish cellist. You know, you're 95 years old, dude, and you're practicing for four hours a day. Why are you doing that? And he says, because I'm getting better. Yeah. That's Bottom amazing. line, grow. These people, you're not, you're alive. You're a living, breathing human. You are alive. Why is this like, this isn't like storage for old people. Right. <laughs> Senior living is not, it's about thriving in your later years. Lynn knows that. She believes that. She's fighting for that. And she she has followers for that reason. That's thought leadership. You can do you can do um helpful, useful content marketing sure. without taking a stand, you know, caring for people with dementia, you know, your white paper, your videos, your your mm-hmm. your webinars. And that's fine and it may be successful. But I reserve the word thought leadership for this special category of people who are um, going to draw a line in the sand and plant a flag because they're putting their beliefs out there. Yeah, that's an amazing that's an amazing uh, example of uh, of thought leadership and probably the the importance of thought leaders within an industry. Maybe they're the 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 leading horse in the race that kind of pulls everybody towards a different direction. Um, There's, I mean, without question. Yeah. You know, I bet you Lynn's competitors talk about her. Mm-hmm. You have to, <laughs> yeah. You, you, believe, you agree or disagree. You can't really ignore these. Yeah, th- this was a. I got to ask a question of Seth Godin. Oh wow, legit, yeah. legit thought leader. It was mm-hmm. in a Q and A at a conference, and I'm like, so thought leadership. What is you know? And he said, uh, thought leadership always makes assertions, and you can you can be certain that someone will disagree. Hmm. Yeah. So if nobody ever disagreed with anything you said, you're really not even attempting the the idea of thought leadership. Not that you have to. Right. It's, not, it's optional. Not everyone wants to, to you know, to, and some brands are just too big. They don't, you know, leadership's not on board. They'll never yeah. go for that. They can't yeah. publish any strong opinions. But for those that, that do, uh, there is greater glory, especially on social media, for people that make strong assertions. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it works. It, it definitely seems to be something that, that, you know, strikes a chord with people in, in, in my industry. I think there's a, there's a growing number of people who feel a certain level of, I'd say, frustration with a status quo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think this era of senior living, this COVID uh, environment of senior living, and, you know, there, there's no shortage of stories that are highlighting us in, um, you know, ways that we probably would, would prefer not to have. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, th- it seems like a moment for some courageous thought leadership to stand up, share a strong opinion, and to create a, a path forward. Um, you know, th- this is an industry that I think um, people, people love it. And then, you know, if uh, people who are passionate and leave, don't leave because they find something better, but it's because that they, they don't feel that they can still impact the thing that they love. And for their own maybe emotional and mental health, they've got to get out of the way for a little bit. Wow. Um, you know, and, and that's, as I speak with folks uh, in the industry, there's a, there's a public facing part of that, uh, which, which I think is very closely linked to what, what we want seniors and families to, to hear about us. And then there's the inside kind of commentary that's going on about, how do we change? How do we do better? 
And I think that, um, you know, the, the, the fact that people are aligned within organizations and cannot have a strong opinion or express that, um, maybe that's, maybe that's the value of thought leaders within our industry who, who feel that freedom or have the luxury of not, you know, being uh, tied to, um, you know, a, a corporate entity to, to do so. Um, may, maybe that's how we change. You, you expanded the benefits of being uh, a good corporate citizen, a good internet citizen, mm-hmm. you know, a true leader beyond what I was saying, I was saying there's, there's a marketing and sales and PR benefit from this. There's a word of mouth benefit from this. You, you describe something that's more fundamental. I mean, it's a, it's a, re, it's a customer, it's a, it's an employee retention benefit. Mm-hmm. It's a keep your team motivated benefit. It's a, let's be on the right side of things benefit. Yeah. So it, it might, it, it takes courage. It's not for everybody, but those that are willing to do it. Um, and, and then, you know, when I've taught this at conferences, I've, I, I, I try to also mention that you can you can have strong opinions about a lot of things. You know they don't have to all be earth shaking things. Like sure, sure. You know take on the rating systems for senior housing. You know mm-hmm. or someone comes puts their foot down and says a place for mom does not have your your best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. That website is selling is a lead gen site and it's not a you know don't make decisions. You know whatever your sure. your position is. But there's lots of more mundane things. You know that um, um, that you could come out for or against. Yeah. Um, you know we yeah. are. We're sustainable senior housing, and that's why we're close to amenities. Is because we don't we don't like carbon emissions, or we think that cruise ships are petri dishes for disease, and we don't we we, we discourage our our <laughs> residents from from taking. I, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I'm just making these up, but you get yeah. the idea. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's uh, it, it's interesting. I've um, I've had you know a few close friends or colleagues in the industry kind of put that label. Uh, on me at times of, you know, they, they might even introduce it that way. Like James Lee, you know, he's such a thought leader in our industry. Mm-hmm. And, and I read your, your, your blog. And after that criteria, I thought, no, actually, um, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm a thought leader in that. He, here's kind of my feeling on that. I know that there was a mental kind of line to which I would not cross. Um, you know, I have strongly held beliefs and opinions and, and quite frankly, I have, I, I have a lot of strong opinions about what our industry is not doing well and what I hope to, you know, be a part of in creating positive change. But I can always, like looking back on it, I can always see where that line was and my toe just got close to it and then <laughs> never went over. And I, the litmus test for me was um, most of the comments were positive. You know, it was just affirmative and positive. And I realized I, I really hadn't said anything that invited the other side of this dialogue. And um, and, and it, that was one of the kind of eye-opening kind of uh, truths that came out in the blog for me. Well, I, I think um, I can make the case that what you're doing is thought leadership. You've said at least a few things on this call that are not normal marketing. Mm-hmm. For example, you pointed out that there's the public face of these brands and there's what happens on the inside. And that's not the same mm-hmm. as in like, there's an inside view. And by the way, you know, this is not an expose piece here, but I'm acknowledging that, you know, values are not reflected here. And there's a yeah. problem. You, you also spoke on behalf of the industry, not for a specific brand. You said there's the issues that need to be addressed across our, across our industry. That isn't a perspective of a normal content marketer giving advice. That's not that's not a how-to statement. Mm-hmm. That's beyond education. That's calling something out and uh, and uh, pointing toward positive change. Normal content marketers don't do that. So, mm-hmm. James, I'm going to put you in the category of thought leader because this is the things that you're. The tone may sound just you know. We're just having a conversation, mm-hmm, sure. but the scope and the perspective that you're offering is not normal. It's, it's beyond that. And, uh, that gets to pathos that Aristotle's thing. That's, uh, you're doing it. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that, that, that's certainly affirmative. If nothing else, I'm going to record this podcast so that I can listen to it at this time marker when I'm feeling like, um, I need a little motivation. Just to- keep going. No, yeah. you're doing it right, James. Just keep, this is it. Yeah. You're doing well, it right. Well, I appreciate it. Um, so, you know, the, the, the premise of this um, the, this podcast is to is to challenge myself to learn, and in so doing, hopefully, help listeners to kind of tap into that realm of you know I, I want to learn that thing too. So, um, one one of the things that uh, that came out of 
my conversation with you. You pointed me to uh, that that blog article about, you know, I think you asked me, do, have you written down your content strategy? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was one of those moments where I thought, what the hell is my content strategy? Should I have a content strategy? And uh, so I sat down, I did it, and then I updated my you know social media and my websites to reflect that. So I love this this little formula formula you have, which is our content is where audience X gets information Y that offers benefit Z. So tell me a little bit more about that. Um, I loved it. it; it made a difference for me. But t- tell me a little bit about it from your perspective. Well, it's a that aspect of content strategy and there are other parts of content strategy there's your cadence and your publishing calendar and your resources and Mm -hmm. strategies bigger than that but that part there is a foundational piece of every content strategy popularized by joe polizzi of the content marketing institute Mm -hmm. and it's called the content marketing mission statement publishers have had mission statements for a century Mm -hmm. and they write and they basically say like what their what the newsroom does here what the publication's about when a brand does that, as they enter a con- as they launch a content marketing program, if they document it, they're statistically more likely to report success mm-hmm. according to the annual Content Marketing Institute uh, survey. So, the so that that's what the industry says. The way that I've tried to enhance it or add to that is mm-hmm. to make it simpler: X, Y, and Z, audience X, information Y, benefit Z, and then to explain how you can repurpose that into a call to action or a social media bio. Mm-hmm. So when you turn that into a bio, so for us, um, our website, our blog post, our videos, our um, you know social, uh, everything we put on social media and every email we send is where who? Digital marketers find what? Content strategy, analytics, and web design advice. Mm-hmm. Why? To get better results from their website. So now you can take information why, the middle part there, Right, practical advice about digital, about right. content strategy, analytics, web design, and make that into a call to action. And the results are unbelievable. Mm. Like if it's amazing what happens. If you give people a reason to subscribe, yeah. they'll, they'll subscribe. It's like uh, for this podcast, right? Whatever that says in the iTunes store or mm-hmm. wherever that person sees that, if you tell them the benefit of listening and implicitly of subscribing, they're far more likely to do it. Yeah. Right? It's like contact us to talk about you know, contact a financial aid officer to talk about tuition. Yeah. You, If you don't give people a reason to do something, they're just not that likely to do it. You're really not a good yeah. marketer unless yeah. you give a strong why. So that's, you, it's repurposable as a CTA, which is uh, a direct correlation with success. That's, that's amazing. It, it sounds so obvious when, when I hear it and, and talk about it now, but I look back on how many, um, like if, if I take my extension of this marketing experience, because really at this point, I'm marketing myself, I'm marketing, mm-hmm, sure. you know, my services, my thoughts, my uh, coaching, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Um, so when I looked at, you know, my LinkedIn, I looked at my social media and all of that, I thought, okay, what am I actually saying about myself? What is their call to action? Why should they subscribe? And I realized all of my bios just said, hey, here's a little about me. Yep. Yeah, and it had nothing to do with the value for why the audience would want to do something, and so um, it, big it, difference. It, it was yeah. hype, not help, right? You were it's just totally per- yeah. That's that's the difference. And most people social bios and just say a little bit of about us, and their calls to action to subscribe. Uh, I was preparing a, a a presentation for the Smash conference, and I was looking for examples. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. very easy to find examples. Uh, Brookdale, big company, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty big, yeah. yeah. Their call to action for their email sign up. Go look at it. It says email sign up submit. Huh? Yeah. Why on earth would anybody put their email address in there? Right. I mean, that's a that's a compelling ask. Email submit. <laughs> you know, it, it's a trust thing, right? Yeah. Who wants more email? You know, it's a it's a really hard thing to get someone to give you their email. So right. <laughs> you you know, at least give them a reason to do it. Nobody's just gonna like just, you know, spam the yeah. web with their email address. No one wants that. Yeah. Well, it, it, it all kind of comes back to this, this idea that um, the, the, the goal, the, why anybody should care about thought leadership as a subset of content management strategy or, or content strategy, all of those things kind of tie back to, are you helping the person that you say you mean to help? 
And, right. and, and that's kind of the thing that, um, you know, 13 years into this industry of senior living, I started off pretty young. I was in my 20s. And, you know, I, I felt this kind of pull to just kind of stay in a career path, you know, be a good steward of this role, move into the next one, then you'll get rewarded with the next promotion. And someday you'll make a difference in this industry. Um, but that someday was very, very vague. And after a while, I realized, you know what, unless I own this thing, unless I'm the, even if I'm the CEO, if I'm not the owner, there's always going to be a point at which I can't proceed further than somebody's permission granted mm -hmm. to me to, to, to do my passionate work. So, um, you know, it, even if this sounds like a crazy time to jump into doing work, um, you know, for myself, I thought, well, that's the stake in the ground. That's the, yeah. that's the moment to, to say, you know, instead of looking backwards at the career I had, let's start looking forward at, I've got lots of time, hopefully knock on wood mm -hmm. to create the work I want to, uh, create. Um, which brings me back again to thought leadership, content strategy, the, the question I had for you is, I do not make any of my money as of today from that. So I don't have any sponsors for podcasts. I don't monetize my blogs or newsletters. Um, so it, it just costs me time. And in, and in some cases, it costs me money. Um, but the more important part is it costs me time. Mm -hmm. And so where I do make my money is consulting. I have clients and I owe mm -hmm. them work and I try to be very diligent about you know, giving them the delivery of my work. They are lucky to have you. Well, thank you, Andy. Here's my question. How much time should I be spending on something that isn't producing, you know, at least in my eyes, a direct kind of revenue path for me? Um, how much, how, how, how should I balance that time of being a practitioner of, of, of my work and executing it, uh, but also creating content around my work? Yeah. It's, it's a myth that content marketing is free. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people have said that. I may have said that. It, it, there, there are low out-of-pocket expenses, right? Like technically the cost to launch a podcast. I mean, mm -hmm. how much money do you have to spend? The yeah. software is free, distribution is free. You know, their computer has a mic built in or something like that. Right. So th there aren't big cash outlays to get involved. Mm -hmm. um, but also it, is a, um, it can be very, very time intensive to do this stuff. Right. So I write an article every two weeks and these things are like eight to 10 hour content projects. Mm -hmm. Every article I write is like in-depth research or super detailed how-to stuff. And, and, you know, with contributor quotes from experts and, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes video and like, you know, detailed screenshots. So uh, why would I do that? Well, one of the things I keep in mind while creating content is that it is, un it's a bit different than spending time in a normal way, it feels more like investing time mm -hmm. because if done in a, in a, with forethought and in a calculated way, it, it's like an, an, it stays out there. Content is durable. These things, if, unless your content strategy is to publish news, every piece of content that you ever publish will stay in the world and can still get traction, can still be promoted, can mm -hmm. still uh, persuade someone. So it's a flywheel effect. You have to keep doing it for a while before you start to get much traction. Ask any YouTuber, ask any social media, you know, influencer. Yeah. In the beginning, it's a big act of faith. If you prioritize it and if you stay efficient with it, um, you can, uh, you know, it, it often will pay huge dividends. If you're in a rush to see the impact of it, there are ways to produce content that, that are what I call zero waste. Mm -hmm. For example, if you want to right now, even before the, you, you publish this podcast, yeah, uh, you and I are both getting value because we're connected with each other. Totally. Collaborative content connects you with influencers or sometimes thought leaders or sometimes prospects or mm -hmm. sometimes journalists. If you want to meet someone, kind of a tough ask to just say, hey, will you talk to me? Start a podcast and everyone will talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I found that to be true. Uh, <laughs> it works. Case in point, yes. Yeah. <laughs> An another way. If you produce content that that uh, addresses information needs of people who are already in your pipeline, mm -hmm. then you can send it to them or share it with them directly. So even if nobody ever shares it or clicks or um, if, if it never ranks in search or it has a 0% open rate in email, you can deliver content directly to current prospects or people in your pipeline or print that guide and give it to people who took the tour. 
produce con- produce sales focused content mm-hmm. for people who are already in a consideration stage. Yeah. And that's an automatic win. So there's yeah. two at, at least there's at least a couple of ways to produce content that's guaranteed to produce ROI. Yeah. Well, it, it it's um it's a helpful perspective to think about it as an investment of your time. It's not so much an opportunity cost. It's it's an investment uh, of your time into something. It's almost like a Ponzi scheme of content that just, it, it comes back to uh, me, the source. Um, if, if I can create something that's helpful, um, mm-hmm. people will come back to it. Um, you know, Advertising just- disappears. The second you stop paying for an ad, it disappears from the world. Yeah. Content yeah. marketing never disappears. It's mm. the op- it, it, it stays around forever. Content is slow but durable. Advertising is fast but temporary. Mm-hmm. So a good strategist will look at a look at a brand or look at a value proposition and um, decide whether to try to play a long game. Um, this company here, uh, Web Design, and we happen to be in Chicago. We generate we generated nine hundred leads last year. Mm-hmm. People, it's likely I've generated a lead while we've been talking. Yeah. People just contact us all day. Yeah. Without any, I've never spent a dollar on advertising. Hmm. It's possible to build big brands without ever writing a check to, you know, for an ad. It's hundred percent organic inbound content approach. Yeah. You know, uh, as, as I'm hearing you say that, Andy, I'm reflecting on how I even got my initial set of clients when I launched, you know, Bearwise Consulting in January um, you know, I sat down and I started thinking about like creating a little pro forma for James Lee. Like, wh- how am I going to create, you know, uh, revenue around my work? And uh, and I th- and I got to that line about advertising and marketing, and uh, and I wasn't really sure, you know, what to put in there. And I thought, how am I going to convince people to come be a client of mine and to pay me for this work and thought? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, the the clients that I have now. They didn't respond to an advertisement. Um, they either knew, already knew me from my work or got connected through somebody who knew me and believed in my work. And so, yeah. and I and I gotta think, you know, the the time spent on putting my thoughts on LinkedIn and sharing, you know, my thoughts in webinars or speaking at state assisted living conferences. At the mm-hmm. time, I thought, man, I'm not getting paid for this. It's it's a lot of time I got to put into it. But I'm looking at, you know, the 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 revenue of my consulting business now and and I'm linking it back to that time investment. It's it's so if I think of it that way, this this time investment into content strategy or thought leadership, that's gonna yield a multiple down the road. It's probably a year and a half mm-hmm. for a lot of people would report on a duration like that. But if it to give you some sense for where this goes, and ba- and we're talking about the benefit of a brand becoming a publisher, right? Uh, in the long run, uh, there are some of us for whom the marketing makes money. Mm-hmm. People pay to come to yeah. our annual conference. Yeah, people buy the book. We there are lots of brands where it's like it's like Red Bull, mm-hmm. you know, those extreme example, but they make a ton of money licensing. The, their their content like the yeah. dude jumps out of the spaceship right. or whatever <laughs> yeah. like but but even smaller brands like ours you know 40 person company people pay to get our content mm-hmm. so the law you know so you, in the early days you're pitching people to try to get your content in in their publication fast forward four years people start pitching you yeah to get their content on your publication yeah. The laws of physics sort of reverse for brands that do this well enough, long enough, and hard enough. Hmm. Well, that's something to definitely have as a a milestone observation of. If I start to sense that shift, um, I will know that you know this time will have been you know for for some purpose. Um, I man, I could talk to you forever, but I uh, we're kind of wrapping up on our. Uh, time allotment together. So I wanted to I wanted to ask a few other questions beyond thought leadership and and, and content. Um, I'm always curious about people's perspective on this industry, the senior living industry. I've been in it for 13 years, and part of part of my kind of stepping into the consulting and uh, podcasting and doing coaching and leadership development. Part of that is honestly for myself to to, to kind of get out of the echo chamber of senior living, which is, um, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great, there's a lot of opportunity for, for change. 
Um, but I'm always curious what people think about us who aren't us, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, the day-to-day work is senior living. Um, you know, w- what are your thoughts on our industry um, outside looking in? And do you have any advice for this this amazing industry of people who are seriously passion driven, like, you know, they're the blood, sweat and tears people that, 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 that we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about our industry outside looking in and what, what piece of advice might you have for us if we want to get better? Well, from the outside, I, I, I feel sympathy for the adult child influencer who's looking for a place for her parents, mm-hmm. because I think she, and you were the one who taught me it's, it's, it's uh, largely female. It's it's almost uh, it's almost predominantly yeah the adult daughter and yeah. then I would say number two is the um, daughter in law and then us guys you know I, <laughs> that I don't is know. really <laughs> interesting yeah fascinating insight yeah but I feel sympathy for for or even the potential resident who's doing this research because from the outside it all looks so much the same mm-hmm. it these these brands look so similar that. I don't know how, at least through a browser on the internet, you can mm-hmm. really tell much about like, what is, um, you know, how are these different? Which mm-hmm. one makes sense? Like, yeah. you know, it's like the only way that I could possibly even differentiate these is just by looking at the location. It's like a location <laughs> difference. Like it's at well, like physical location. Yeah. But um, so what I would, uh, just a total lack of differentiation from the outside looks to me like a big problem. Mm-hmm. As a marketer, I just don't understand the brand positioning of these of these places. Mm-hmm. Um, separate from that, uh, I would say that if there was something that that tended to work well, so when things look quite quite um, bland from a distance, mm-hmm. what the consumer will do is look for word of mouth, help, referrals, mm-hmm. talk to friends, go to their network. That's what you and I would do, right? You right. definitely you start talking to people. Absolutely. So knowing that that is the reality, I would as a if I was like a director of marketing at a community, I would say, what is even a little bit different about us and how can we package that up in a way that makes it easier for people to share? Mm-hmm. So this is mm-hmm. the, for example, there's an activity here. It's different from most, you know, we're doing, we've got a bunch of um, seniors wearing VR goggles today. This is a, this is awesome. It's yeah. hilarious. It's fun. I need to capture that, put it into a format that, that, goes to everybody that they can then share with others, facilitate word of mouth, mm-hmm. putting a spotlight on that one thing that's different and packaged in a format that's very compelling and, and, uh, and easy, easy to, uh, you know, that has legs like a, yeah. like a video, yeah. like put video, put video into emails that are easily forwarded because without that, um, hmm. you know, you're, you're really just the same as everybody else. Yeah, I love that. So really at a local level here, and, and this, is, this is a really great point, Andy. A lot of people can feel distant from the topic of marketing content um, and strategy, just overall strategy, because um, it feels like it's a home office task and we just kind of do what they tell us You know, we're going to do. But everything that you just shared with me as examples are things that a local sales and marketing director sure. could do and what you're saying is like, help people tell the story you want them to yes. tell about you. That is the ultimate approach to social media. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, people say they want to go viral, but really viral is just successful word of mouth. Mm-hmm. If you want to facilitate word of mouth by creating portable, compelling content that spotlights a difference at that community, uh, that is, I think, your best chance in a highly referral-driven category. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That's amazing insight. Um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna shift out of this to go back to the macro and and, and finish us up here. Um, if you were not the the chief marketing officer for a digital agency, what would you be doing right now? <laughs> Teaching Mandarin in a <laughs> in an Iowan uh, high school. Yeah. No, I I, I really don't know. I, I would. Um, as a future career, I'm, I'm interested in becoming like a, like, um, uh, higher ed, mm-hmm. like do like some kind of college level thing, but keeping a foot in consulting, mm-hmm. probably I'd be doing something like what you're doing. Um, hmm. just trying to be a, a, a strategic advisor, kind of a gun for hire. I'd be yeah. producing content the way you are right now, but I'd also try to augment that. And, uh, by being like, maybe even doing like classroom yeah. work, yeah. uh, at a, at a local, uh, university. 
Well, that's that. That was my takeaway. Is you know, Andy, when when you are a grown up, you can be me. That was kind of the point of this conversation. So I'm glad we <laughs> circled around to it. <laughs> finally got there. Yeah, we finally we finally got there. Yep, that's a, I would it, love it. It's a that long process to get there. Uh, no kidding, of course. Um, I, I I've loved this conversation with you, Andy. I hope uh, we'll continue to stay in touch and uh, have more conversations like this. Um, so if, if folks are interested in kind of uh, digging in a little bit deeper on uh, everything you've shared, how can they find you? My best advice is published every two weeks at orbitmedia.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want that delivered to your inbox, I don't send any emails except that. You'll get an email once every two weeks if you sign up at orbitmedia.com. LinkedIn would be my best network if you want to connect with me somewhere. My, my name, uh, as you know, is spelled like it sounds, mm-hmm. Crestodina. Yep. Uh, and, and the book is on Amazon, which is really everything in my brain between two covers for whatever, 20 bucks. That's it's called right. con- Content Chemistry. You're telling me I could have just gotten all of this in book format for 20 bucks? You still can, yeah, James. Okay. Not too late. <laughs> it's your call to action. Uh, I'll send you, text, you need to just send me any, uh, an, a mailing address and I'll send you a book from this box I have oh, on man. my desk. That would be awesome. Um, I, I've appreciated this. By the way, I've, I've taken so much of your advice in just two conversations that we've had. And, um, and I did publish a LinkedIn newsletter, by the Good. way. Good so, for you. Yeah, I got that started. I've got, you know, it's a weekly newsletter. Wow, that's great. There's like 1,500 people who signed up in just, you know, like a couple of uh, articles. So amazing. Totally I've never right seen anything work that. that well. Yeah, that yeah. that is a magical button. If you get that create newsletter button in LinkedIn, make sure to click that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're giving me tons of great advice. I'm going to keep you on my, you know, quick, uh, quick dial list. Uh, Please. Thanks for joining us, Andy. Uh, For everybody else, thank you for listening to another episode of Level Up Leadership Podcast. Make it a great day today. Bye. Thanks for listening to Level Up Podcast. We hope you're inspired to lead every day with both your head and your heart. Connect with James Lee at btgvoice.com and on social media at Senior Living Guy.